Welcome back to Squared Sports Podcast. I'm Lewis's podcast, Lane Frank. We're now on episode 156. It's our 156th episodes through, and I got an action-packed episode planned for you. The Super Bowl is here. College basketball, great week we had there. Some great games. NBA trade deadline today is so much more. Stay tuned for an action-packed episode 156. Let's hop into it. Let's start off episode 156, how we always do with the headlines and the NBA. First thing in the NBA to talk about, and really the only thing in the NBA to talk about, the trade deadline is today. Now, some things going on. Nothing big so far as of right now. But just think about the moves that have been made on trade deadline day in the past few years, as in the James Harden trade from Brooklyn over to Philadelphia. Some other moves. Who do you want to see trade today at the NBA trade deadline? Leave your thoughts on that in the comments. We got All-Star Weekend coming up. Leave your thoughts on all that. Who should be in three-point contest, dunk contest, all that? Leave it in the comments. It's bad for my headlines in the NBA. Now for the NFL. Whew, it's the Super Bowl, everybody. But before we get into that, before I give my pick or anything in Squared Sports NFL Game Day, I want to talk about the head coaching hires. Dan Quinn hired this week by... Washington Commanders, and Mike McDonald, former Michigan and Ravens defense coordinator, now hired by Seattle Seahawks. Both fantastic hires, both looking forward to it, both defensive head coaches. It's exciting. Mike McDonald, youngest head coach in the NFL. Dan Quinn, guy with experience, who has been to a Super Bowl and has won a Super Bowl as a defense coordinator. I love it. Dan Quinn in Washington, Mike McDonald in Seattle. And we've got the Super Bowl Niners versus Chiefs Super Bowl Sunday on Sunday. Get ready for that, everybody. College basketball, great week we had there. Kansas, what a great Saturday they had, upsetting number two in the country. Houston, just to go on the road at Kansas State in Manhattan, Kansas, a game where they had a massive hangover. Losing in overtime, Jerome Tang, that's a program builder for you right there. Now, I know this team went to the lead eight last year, probably should have made the final four over FAU. FAU, a really good team last year, but Kansas State, I thought they were a great team. Nevertheless, Jerome Tang wants to build a better culture at Kansas State than there's ever been before. He said, we don't storm the court. We beat Kansas. That's expected. At North Carolina, at Duke, at these big schools, Kentucky, they don't storm the court when they get a top five win. They act like they've been there before. That's what Jerome Tang is trying to build at Kansas State. And I'd love to see it. So we've done it once before. That's all we need to do it. Kansas State over Kansas. Great one that is right there. South Carolina finally ranked in the top 25. They're number 15, 19 and three. Most disrespected team of all time. Two top 10 wins in the past seven days. Great stuff from them. One by three points against Ole Miss Saturday night. They're playing great. South Carolina on a roll right now. Duke versus North Carolina was this Saturday. I was in attendance. I was at the Dean Dome. Roy Williams Court. Hostile environment. Now, for those of you that know me, I'm a massive Duke basketball fan. Love it there. But Duke didn't play very well in that one. We're going to talk about that later. But I want to credit North Carolina right here. Now, North Carolina, at the time of this recording, in a really tough battle in a game against Clemson. But still. Duke, need to do better. North Carolina played great. Armando Baycott seemed unstoppable. R.J. Davis played great. Cormac Ryan played great. One thing I will say, they don't have a definite shooter on that team. Now, they've got guys. They've got Harrison Ingram who can go off in one game. That's the only game I've ever seen Harrison Ingram's career where he's looked like a great shooter. Cormac Ryan is a good shooter, but is he going to get those opportunities? Elliot Kadu, their starting point guard, can't shoot for anything. So that's a little bit worrisome right there, but they're still a great team. Great team to look out for in March Madness. North Carolina, great team. They're at the top of the college basketball world right now. Now, it's time, everybody. Coming up next, I will give you my Super Bowl prediction. Get ready for it, everybody. That's part of the headlines. 
Now it's time, everybody. The Super Bowl, the biggest game of the year, is here. Biggest Super Bowl. Niners versus Chiefs. San Francisco versus Kansas City. I want to tell you something right here. My preseason Super Bowl prediction for anything started in my hot takes, preseason hot takes. Roll the clip. This year, number one bold hot take for Niners fans. I told you, stick around. Hopefully you're still sticking around. San Francisco 49ers, your Super Bowl champions, Brock Purdy. Amazing. I think if they had Brock Purdy all last season, they could have won the Super Bowl. They have the conference championship game. They might win the Super Bowl. They probably would have won that game against Philadelphia, in my opinion. Yep, I told you so. The San Francisco 49ers would face off against the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not going to tell you who my pick was right there because I might be sticking with that pick or I might not be. I might be flipping it. Last year, I picked Kansas City, and then I had Andy Reid on my show, showed him the prediction and everything. He loved it. Does that mean I'm going to pick the Chiefs again? Not necessarily. Now, I love the Niners. Actually, they were my preseason pick. Does that mean I'm sticking with them? Not necessarily. Let's break it down. For the Niners side of things, you have Brock Purdy, an amazing quarterback. You have Christian McCaffrey, the grittiest runner in the game. You have the best offensive and defensive lines in the Super Bowl. It's great for the Niners, but for the Chiefs side of things, you have Patrick Mahomes, who has been here before, who has won two Super Bowls. You have Andy Reid, who I think is in his fourth Super Bowl now. Mark me wrong, might be five. He had one with the Eagles, and this will be his fourth with the Kansas City Chiefs. So five Super Bowls for Andy Reid. He's been here before. But for Kyle Shanahan, he's no stranger to this either. Made the Super Bowl in 2020 against Kansas City Chiefs. Super Bowl 54, the rematch of that game is this week. That was a great game. Kyle Shanahan, first time as a head coach in the Super Bowl. And then also Super Bowl 51, the infamous Tom Brady 28-3 comeback. Kyle Shanahan was the offense coordinator for the Lyle Falcons. Niners led in that first Super Bowl. Falcons led in that first Super Bowl against Patriots. And then Kyle Shanahan, as a play caller, maybe started to take his foot off the gas a little bit. And people are saying, well, Kyle Shanahan can't call plays in the second half of a Super Bowl. He's not good at it. He lets the pressure get to him. He chokes. Well, Brock Purdy... Everyone thinks he's going to choke all season long, and he stood up to the task all season long. What a comeback that was in the conference championship game. For the Chiefs, that adversity they faced all season long. I remember after that Christmas game against the Las Vegas Raiders, everyone's counting them out. Everyone's saying, there's no chance this team makes it back to the Super Bowl. Look where they are now. Look at Andy Reid. Look at Patrick Mahomes. Look what this reformed defense has done. Steve Spagnuolo, credit where credit is due. He has built up one of the best defenses in the NFL for Kansas City. This is the best defense Patrick Williams has had all of his career. But then you think about it, Patrick Williams and this offense have been a bit lackluster this season. Zero points in the second half against Baltimore Ravens. That's a bit worrisome. But for the Niners side of things, they had terrible first half in their conference championship game and turned on the Jets in that second half. So here's my pick. Super Bowl, Niners versus Chiefs out in Las Vegas. Let's go with, drum roll please, the San Francisco 49ers take home the Super Bowl. Strictly business. I love Andy Reid. I'm on my show, friend of the show. We love Andy Reid on Squared Sports, but this is strictly business. I've said Niners all season long. So why would I go away from that now? Why now, when they made to the Super Bowl and I had this exact matchup preseason, why would I go away from it now? I had this vision for Brock Purdy. I had this vision for Kyle Shanahan, for this Niners team, for this defense. I want to see Kyle Shanahan win a Super Bowl. I want to see Brock Purdy host Lombardi Trophy. I want to see Nick Bosa hoist Lombardi Trophy. I want to see this team win a Super Bowl. Niners have a great legacy. 
They need to build on that. Have not won a Super Bowl in the 21st century. That's going to change on Sunday. Niners all the way to the Super Bowl. Let's go. That's my Super Bowl prediction. Now, my Super Bowl winner may be decided, but that does not mean my Super Bowl MVP winner has been decided yet. So for those of you that love to bet, love to gamble, I'm only 16 years old. I'm not going to give you betting advice right here, but I'm going to give you advice on who might be the Super Bowl MVP. Here are my top five candidates to get Super Bowl MVP, regardless of the winner. Number five, 49ers pass rusher, Nick Bosa. I can see Nick Bosa having a three-set game and a lackluster offensive game for both sides, and then we see Bosa get that MVP. So Bosa, number five, Brock Purdy. Now Brock Purdy, I'll admit it, he's a game manager, but he's an amazing game manager, and he's great at what he does. I could see someone more on the offense, like a Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Christian Caffrey get MVP over Brock Purdy. But say Brock Purdy throws for 400 yards, 300 yards, three touchdowns, no mistakes, he could get this number four MVP nod. But for me, he's at number four, not number one. Purdy, Niners quarterback, number four. Number three, the two-time Super Bowl MVP winner, Patrick Mahomes, two-time Super Bowl winner, Patrick Mahomes, quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. He gets my nod right here at number three. Number two, his top tight end, Taylor Swift fans go crazy, Travis Kelsey. I can see Kelsey having a big breakout game. Now, if this is a low, lackluster offensive game, and maybe Kelsey gets a touchdown or two, we could maybe see for the second time in Super Bowl history a losing team's player win Super Bowl MVP. Number two, Travis Kelsey. And number one, Niners running back Christian McCaffrey has a breakout game and wins Super Bowl MVP. He's my number one candidate. Who are your Super Bowl MVP favorites? Leave your thoughts in the comments. Now, did you know this week's dude? No, it's a great one. Did you know Orlando Magic point guard Jalen Suggs had a higher quarterback rating coming out of high school than Super Bowl champion Patrick Mahomes? Didn't know that? Leave it down in the comments. That's about for Dude Know this week. Let's talk a little baseball. Los Angeles Dodgers, specifically, my spotlight for the week is on the Los Angeles Dodgers. Thinking, what's going on with the Dodgers right now? Not much but there's still a lot to go over. A lot of interesting things I see with this team entering our baseball month. Baseball starts this month. Spring training starts this month. So let's hop into it. Dodgers spotlight. First thing I want to talk about right here, Mookie Betts. Best player in Dodgers, you could say, said this week, whenever a team plays us this season, it's going to be their World Series. We have a target on our back. It's their World Series. So I hosted ESPN 600 radio show on Monday. Go follow ESPN 600 El Paso. And I had Garrett Stubbs, MLB Catcher on, also a friend of this show, and I asked him, what do you think of that comment? And what I thought was, well, Phillies, they've made the playoffs. They made to the World Series two years ago. They made it to the Conference Championship last year. Dodgers haven't done that in two years. Dodgers haven't had a successful run since their World Series run back in 2020. And Garrett had a similar reply. So for Mookie Betts to say that, yes, you have an absolutely stacked roster that I'm going to go into in a second. But to think you have the biggest target on your back? That doesn't make the most sense to me. You're creating a bigger target on your back now. What do you think of that? Leave your thoughts on Mookie Betts' situation in the comments. Mookie Betts' comment. What he said. Leave your thoughts on that. But when you look at this rotation for a starting pitching, it's elite. Maybe it's a little bit overcrowded. Let's start with it. Clayton Kershaw, re-up today. One-year contract. Seems like every year he's going to get that one-year contract until he retires. But Kershaw, nonetheless, one-year contract. He's a lock for the rotation because he's Clayton Kershaw. 
Yoshinobu Yamamoto, their $250 million man, actually more than that, like $450 million man. Yamamoto, yes, in that rotation. Tyre Glass now, the guy they just traded for from the Rays in that rotation. So those are about the three locks right there. But you look at the rest of the rotation, it's elite. You have Kershaw, you have Otani, if he can come back in the playoffs. You have Yamamoto, Glasnow, Tony Gonsolin, who is a Scion candidate two years ago. Walker Bueller, also a Scion candidate two years ago. Just had Tommy John surgery. Bobby Miller, an absolute rising star in this game. Destin May, who at one point was, I mean, prodigy projected to be the next. Jacob DeGrom, just injuries hit him. And Emmett Sheehan, don't forget about that guy. When you look at that list, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys. Eight guys. You can only have a five-man rotation in baseball. But all these guys are all-stars. All these guys can be all-stars. Gonsolin's an all-star. Kershaw's an all-star. Otani's an all-star. Glasnow's an all-star. Bueller's an all-star. May can be an all-star when healthy. Yamamoto will be an all-star. Yamamoto has a chance to win three awards this year. When I say three awards, I'm not over-exaggerating. He can win Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, and MVP. Yamamoto has that type of talent to win all three of those awards. Sheehan, rising star in the game, Evan Sheehan, it's a crowded team. Now, you can never say, oh, it's a good problem to have. Is it, though? Is it really a good problem to have in baseball to have this many good pitchers? Okay, let's remove Otani from that rotation for this year because of Tommy John. That's seven guys. It's still a lot of guys. You still don't know what to do. Was it necessary to go out there and get Tyler Glass now? Probably not. But now you can trade someone like Tony Gonsolin. Now you can trade someone like Dustin May and get it back. Where's Walker Buehler fitting all this? Because Walker Buehler, at one point, was the ace of this team. Now where is he? Fourth in the rotation? Another odd bar right here. Julio Urias, one of the best pitchers in baseball, gets arrested in August, two months before the playoffs, and he's gone. What if he gets cleared of everything and goes back to the Dodgers? This is still a top 10 pitcher in the world, Julio Urias. That's not going to go over exaggeration. Think about this with the Dodgers right here. Think about their rotation. Think about their problem. That's why I'm my spotlight this week. Now, college basketball madness. The equivalent of college ball showcase, but for college basketball. And I love college sports. I also love making hot takes. Hot takes on the Squirt Sports Instagram. Hot takes on here. Hot takes on Twitter. This week on the Squirt Sports Instagram, at Squirt Sports, go follow. I made my college basketball hot takes and they're pretty fiery, everybody. People are coming at me for it. I got your replies right here. Some of your hot takes. And maybe some of your replies to mine. And we're going to feature you on the show. You commented. You're going to be featured. Let's hop into it. Top comments of that. But before we get into the comments, before we get into these hot takes that you guys brought up and replies to mine, I'm going to give you my hot takes that I had. My eight hot takes. Let's hop into it. First one. Duke head coach John Shire might have been born on third base. When I say third base, I mean the Ryan Day example. Ryan Day was born on third base, gifted an amazing team from Urban Meyer, and since then, since Urban Meyer's team is gone, Ryan Day has said the wheels fall off a little bit. That's what born on third base means. Now, John Shire, that narrative might start to kick around a little bit if you don't start winning some more games. Mike Krzyzewski is a legend at Duke. He built Duke to the university it is, to the program it is. For John Shire, needs to get things kicking around. He has a generational prospect coming next to Cooper Flag. but you had a great recruiting class this year. You have a great team. You have Tyrese Proctor, you have Jared McCain, Mark Mitchell, Cal Filipowski. Some things are Ryan Day. Ryan Day can recruit a great recruiting class every year, but maybe he just takes the wrong guys. Maybe he just looks at stars and takes the wrong guys. I don't want to say Duke and John Shire are doing that, but things are going to start kicking around. This third base 
narrative is going to start to kick around a little bit more if they don't start winning more games in March Madness. Only one win in March Madness last year. Won the ACC, only one win in NCAA tournament. John Shire, big postseason coming up. Horrible loss North Carolina the other night on the road. Next one, Marquette, not number one UConn, is the best team in the Big East. UConn, amazing narrative. Oh, they're so great. Pike the brakes a little bit. UConn, national champions last year. Not going to be the national champions this year. Can they compete against Purdue? I say no. Can they compete against Kansas? Heck no. They played against Kansas earlier this year. I didn't think Kansas played well. I don't think Kansas is a top five team in college basketball right now. Kansas still kicked around UConn. UConn has some great wins, including a win over Marquette. I just think come Big East championship time, then March Madness, Marquette finishes better. Tyler Kolick, they have a great win over Purdue and uh, Maui. Their tournament over there at the start of the season. Shock Smart has transformed this program. Marquette is the best team in the Big East. Not number one, overrated UConn. Next one, Bill Self is the best coach in college basketball. Now, there's some people in here disagreeing with me on that one, but Bill Self is the best coach in college basketball. No doubt about it. The way he has kept Kansas at the top level for so long. I read a thing. It was the first time, I think, in years that Bill Self was an underdog at Allen Fieldhouse. He doesn't lose at home. That is one thing Bill Self does not do. He does not lose home games. They're an underdog to Houston, and they beat them by 13. They're going to lose next night against Kansas State. But the point of the matter is, they don't lose at home. Bill Self has kept this culture in Allen Fieldhouse in Kansas. Robert Williams made Kansas basketball into the program. It's today. Bill Self kept it that way. Bill Self was not born on third base. Bill Self kept up this program. Mike Krzyzewski, out of the game. Roy Williams, out of the game. Bill Self is the best coach in college basketball. Next one right here. Gonzaga, a team that has made the NCAA tournament every year since 1998, their streak will end this year. Now, Gonzaga, what they've always had is they're locked to win their conference and they have so many great out-of-conference wins. They don't have that to go off this year. They're not winning their conference right now. St. Mary's is number one. And also, they don't have those great out-of-conference wins. So if you don't get that automatic bid, I don't see Gonzaga in the NCAA tournament the first time since 1998. That happens. Next one, Florida Atlantic is a premier team in college basketball still, and they will make a run back to the Final Four, or at least they have potential to make a run back to the Final Four. FAU made to the Final Four last year, and they had a great start this year. Only one loss going to an Arizona game with the number two ranked Arizona team, and they won that game against Arizona. So then FAU moves up the rankings. Bit of a hangover week, losing their next two games, but that happens. Ever since then, they've been playing great. FAU on a roll, everybody. They have potential to make a run back to the Final Four. Dusty May has done a great job down Boca and Florida Atlantic. Houston, Kelvin Sampson are frauds once again. They're going to say, how do you think they're frauds? They've had a great start to their Big 12 tenure. They are frauds. Make no mistake. What we have seen from Houston in the NCAA tournament is that, okay, 2021 season, they make the Final Four. They get exposed in the Final Four, but still, they made it to the Final Four. Next year, they're one seed, and they lose. Not a great look right there. Houston, not a great season. Last year, you go up against Miami. Again, a one seed. You lose an NCAA tournament in the Sweet 16. So one of the things fully getting kicking for this Houston team. I thought this year might have been the year because statistically, they have one of the best defenses of all time. But then you go against Kansas, a great team in college basketball, and you get absolutely demolished. Make it make sense. Houston, once again, a little bit disappointed me. A little bit fraudulent, as we can all say. Next one, South Carolina is the most disrespected team in college basketball history. Now, I made this before they were ranked in the top 25. Now, number 15, after being unranked the week before, great jump from unranked number 15, almost unheard of. 
But still, they were 19-3 with wins over Tennessee, Kentucky, and it'd be 19-3 regardless in the power conference. That should get you in the top 10. South Carolina, only number 15. They were unranked at the time. Glad they're getting some respect now, but I still think they're one of the most disrespected teams of all time. In the last hot take, the Big 12 gets over 10 teams into the NCAA tournament. You leave the Big 12 top to bottom, they're amazing. Now, the Big 12 for football, the teams they added, BYU, UCF, and Houston, they didn't have such smooth transitions. For basketball, their transitions have been amazing. UCF has wins over Texas. BYU is in the top 15, and Houston, as we all know, top five team in the country. So that's about for my hot takes. Now it's time for your hot takes, everybody, and your replies to mine. We got a bunch in here. Let's hop into it. We've done this before, the NFL and MLB. Now it's time to do it for college basketball. First one comes in from Three Point Monster on Instagram. UConn is the best team in the Big East and the country. Danny Hurley is the best coach in the country. Oh, yeah, and they're going to win back-to-back now's championships. No, they are not. I'm going to rip that one right there. If I agree with it, I'm not going to rip it. If I don't agree with it, I'm going to rip it. That one I'm definitely ripping. UConn, Danny Hurley? National champions back-to-back? Not again. They're a great team, but they're not going to win the Big East, and they're not going to win back-to-back national championships. Sorry if I hurt your feelings right there, but you're wrong. UConn's not going back-to-back. Next one comes from Beat Nick Flanier on Instagram. Big Ten sucks. Okay, I'm actually not going to rip this one up because the Big Ten doesn't necessarily suck. It's not as great as it used to be. And I don't see the Big Ten having another great NCAA tournament showing because every year they disappoint in March Madness. Purdue last year loses to a 16 seed. Illinois, a few years ago, one seed, they lose in the round 32. The Big Ten just doesn't get teams until the Final Four anymore. They haven't had a champion since Michigan State in the early 2000s. I agree with you right there. The Big Ten does suck a little bit this year. Let's go to the next one. The underscore Tunicorn on Instagram. Marquette will win it all. I'm going to rip this one. Actually, no, I'm not. Because I'm not fully disagreeing with you right there. Marquette is a very sound team. Defensively, they're a very well-coached team. Now, I'm not saying they're winning the championship. I'm just saying you're not outrageous for saying that right there. And I've praised Marquette a lot during this segment. Manhattan underscore Dr. 198. How is Houston fraudulent again? And it's their first season in the Big 12. They're fraudulent, everybody. They are fraudulent. Now, I watch Houston, and they seem great. But then there's some games that are like, oh, this team can lose very early, round of 32 NCAA tournament. And we've seen that from Calvin Sampson and this Houston team. So I expect it again this year. I disagree with there. This one comes in from Landon Nodden on Instagram. UNC is winning it all. I'm not going to rip this one up because Armando Baycott is a force. They have great guard play, and that's what get you wins in March Madness. That's what can help you win a championship. A dominant center and great guard play wins you a championship. RJ Davis, Harrison Ingram, LA Kadu, who can penetrate basket really well, penetrate to the basket. Cormac Ryan, great shooter. Armando Baycott, they have all the tools. They're a great team. North Carolina has potential to win the national championship. Next one comes in from official Blake K on Instagram. Don't sleep on La Tech. Louisiana Tech basketball? Is that what we're talking about right here? Yeah, I'm sleeping on them. Do I even have to rip this one? There's no debate. Louisiana Tech basketball, we're not going to be talking about them. Bad comment right there, but we appreciate the comment as always. Next one comes in from Natty, Nat XOXO. Another... UConn believer. UConn is 100% the best in the conference. Please stop. Second, Hubert Davis is the best coach, period. Hubert Davis is the best coach in college basketball? He's another guy who might also be born on third base. I'll say this right here. John Shire had two players returning from the Coach K team, while Hubert Davis, he almost had everybody. 
His two best players are Mondo Baycott and R.J. Davis, both from the Roy Williams days. Ruby Davis is not the best head coach in college basketball. And also, the UConn take. We're disagreeing with everything about UConn on this show today. Let's go to the next one. Wes Bielger underscore B-Ball on Instagram. Iowa State will make it to the Sweet 16. I like this. I like this prediction a lot. TJ Oldsberger has built up a great team there in just his second year there, third year there. Made to the Sweet 16 his first year. Had a good year last year. Iowa State, really, really good team. Had a win over Kansas a few weeks ago. I like that take right there. Let's go over to the next one. Watts Johnston on Instagram. Zaga, I think we'll make it because they'll win their conference championship. I don't see Gonzaga win the conference championship game, so I'm tearing this one up right here. St. Mary's is the best team in that conference. Hate to break it to you, St. Mary's is the best team in that conference. And the last one from Mixtape University, Nebraska makes a Sweet 16 run. Nebraska making a Sweet 16 run? I love the story of Nebraska. I love the random Big Ten team who's never made an NCAA tournament before, who's had a decent season so far, making an NCAA tournament run. Sounds all good. But it's not. It really isn't. They're going to make the NCAA tournament, but they're not going to make a run. They get upset too many times. Yes, they can get that big win over Purdue, but they can also lose to a random team. They can lose to a 13 seed, 14 seed, 12 seed, 11 seed, 10 seed, wherever they get ranked. They're going to lose. Nebraska, not making a Sweet 16 run. Sorry if I tore up your paper. Please comment with a better take next time. And if you're on this side, good job. I agree with you right there. Still more to come on this episode. If you want to get involved on more stuff with the Squared Sports Instagram, be featured on an episode like this. Follow Squared Sports on Instagram at Squared Sports. Now, at the buzzer, this week's at the buzzer, I got a fiery one for you right here. Come with the shots this whole entire episode. Going with it again. All-star games in sports. All-star weekends in sports. All-stars in sports are dead. Kill it. Kill it right now. I want to start off with the NFL because I've always voiced how the Pro Bowl is unsavable. But at least you could put up a real contest out there. If you could put up a real football game, I missed when the Pro Bowl was actually electric, when players actually tried in it, when players actually wore helmets in the Pro Bowl. Now it's flag football. And when it was flag football, okay, it's flag football. Now it's not even flag football. Now it's a little bit of flag football, a little bit of this, a little bit of this. And it's horrible. It makes no sense to me. No sense. The Pro Bowl. The whole Pro Bowl weekend was an atrocity. The score started before the game even started. Is that even enjoyable as a fan to go to the Pro Bowl? Definitely not. But let's get off the NFL for a minute because that's one thing in itself. Pro Bowl really isn't accolade because Garner Minshew can make the Pro Bowl. It's more of an all-pro. That's accolade for you in the NFL. But in NBA, all-star games really matter for contracts. So for a guy like DeMontis Sabonis, who has had a great season, doesn't get named an all-star, but would probably be the next man up if someone in the Western Conference went down, He'd be that guy. But instead, two guys in the Eastern Conference go down. So Scotty Barnes, someone who has had not nearly as good a season as DeMontis Sabonis, and Trey Young, who's also had a good season, but not nearly as good as DeMontis Sabonis, gets to get the call-up. Doesn't make sense to me because there's conferences now in the All-Star game in the NBA. It was better when it was just two teams because that's just the next best guy in the NBA. Now we're going off of conferences. It's going to be an absolute terrible show. It's how it used to be when the West would win 200 to 150, whatever it might have been. It was no fun. No good. That's what we're going to see. No defense, no competitiveness. Makes no sense to me. I don't, I don't like it at all. No more target scoring, which is okay, I guess. But for the NBA All-Star game, unfixable. Unfixable. Conferences should be just get rid of at this point. I don't like conferences. I don't like divisions. Because I think we should get the best teams in no matter what. No matter what. That's why I voiced my opinion on Florida State not getting into the playoff. Because I thought Georgia was a better team. I thought Alabama was a better team. That's why they got in. That's why I voiced... My opinion for maybe someone to get rid of divisions because it's not fair that someone who had a 
11 wins in the season, doesn't get into the playoffs, but someone like the Washington Commanders back in 2020 with six wins gets into the playoffs just because they won their division. That's not getting the best team in there. That's getting the best team in that division in there, which needs to get rid of. Going back to All-Star games, just because Scotty Barnes is in the Eastern Conference doesn't make him better than DeMontis Simonis. No disrespect to Scotty Barnes, DeMontis Simonis has had a way better season than you. You've had a great season, Scotty Barnes. DeMontis Simonis has been better. All-Star games are a joke. MLB All-Star game, at least a little bit competitive. But it's boring because it's baseball and it's pitching. Some people want to say. At least they have the home run derby. NBA, we have the three-point contest. We have dunk contest. But when did All-Star games really fall off a cliff? I think it's when they try to do too much with it. If you keep it simple, you keep it Team LeBron versus Team Curry, the two best players in the NBA. They have their teams. They pick their teams. That's exciting. You get to watch the draft of that. Now it's just Eastern Conference, Western Conference. Same dunk contest. It's going to be Mac McClung, Jaime Hawkes, Jalen Brown, exciting, and Jacob Toppin. Have Jacob Toppin and Mac McClung play a single minute in the NBA this year? I'm a Knicks fan. I watch almost every Knicks game. Haven't seen Jacob Toppin touch a basketball. Mac McClung, is he on the NBA team? Seriously, is Mac McClung on the NBA team? Great dunker, but he's not the amazing show. NBA should force a guy like Zion Williamson do the dunk contest. Giannis, do the dunk contest. LeBron, do the dunk contest. Three-point contest is great. You have Curry doing it a few years back. You have Dolph Mitchell doing it this year. Jalen Brunson doing it this year. That's when the stars do it. But for me, it doesn't make sense. That's about for my At The Buzzer. All stars in sports are dead. That's about for At The Buzzer this week. Now, the best for last question today. This is question today is, who needs this Super Bowl more? Is it the San Francisco 49ers or Brock Purdy, where the narrative changes if he wins the Super Bowl? Is it Kyle Shanahan, where he wins the Super Bowl, and the narrative of him choking the Super Bowls goes away? Or is it Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, with the narrative of, okay, maybe they can't beat a good defense in the playoffs? Mahomes' legacy gets held back a little bit. He's only at two Super Bowls now through the age 28, and Brady was about three or four at this point. Maybe we'll get to that narrative right there. But who needs this Super Bowl more, Niners or Chiefs? Comment your answer. It's about for question day this week. It's about for Squirrel Sports Lane Frank, episode 156. Thank you for tuning in. Follow Squirt Sports on Instagram at Squirt Sports. Follow Squirt Sports on Twitter at Squirt Sport. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and view the best sports content in the world. We'll be back here next week, episode 157. Stay tuned.